You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast. I'm Kate Campbell. And I'm Owen Rusk. And we're here to give you the tools and knowledge to invest both your time and money better. If you're new, feel free to jump in with our Starter Pack series that aired in early 2022 or our Shares or ETF mini series. We've got plenty to share with you in today's episode, but if you want to catch us on socials, head to Rusk Australia on Insta and Twitter. I'm also found at Kate Campbell AUS on Insta. And I'm Owen Rusk AU on Insta. Just beware of the fake accounts. We'll never DM you about trading strategies or crypto. And if it sounds a bit weird, it's probably not us. And just one final heads up before we get into the show. This podcast contains general financial information only. Okay, Campbell, welcome to this summer series episode on the Australian Finance Podcast. A very special one. I know you say that in every episode, but we're talking about buying happiness in the Mm -hmm. year ahead and how to make 2024 just a little bit better than it was last year. Your absolute favorite topic too, buying happiness, five ways to buy happiness. Uh, What a title. Would almost make a great book, Kate. Maybe it would. Maybe it was. Maybe it is already a book title. Um, Buying Happiness, out now by Kate Campbell from Major Street Publishing. You can get it. Um, Kate, why did you decide to write a book on buying happiness? We often get confused when we're working on our finances by all the numbers and the things that we think we should be working towards, but we forget what's really important. And that's really coming back to our relationships and our health and our quality of life and the things we do. And I wanted to write this book to really bring together everything we talk about on the podcast, but putting a bit of a bow around it of like, there is more to life than just dollars and cents and spreadsheets. We want to really start to think about, well, how can we use our money and our time better? How can we spend it? How can we save it? How can we invest it to build a life that brings us more joy because we can't just go and buy happiness from the store, but there's things we can do with our money and our time today to make changes now that are going to make us happier this year, but also put some things in place that in five and 10 years time, we're going to have more choices and options and more means to support ourselves. So after all of your research and discovery, 
on this topic in 2023. Would you say it's possible to buy happiness? Yes. Yes. Oh. I'd say that you have to do a lot of work on yourself as well and working out, well, what's enough for you? Because if you aren't happy right now with a $100,000 income, then a million dollar income is not going to solve lots of problems for you. Mm. It's just more money, more problems, really. Uh, so you need to figure out, well, what's enough for you? How can I enjoy the process? How can I be really satisfied with what I have? How can I be in the present moment and enjoy that while also doing some things for future me? But I think if you can start to work all of that out, there are things you can do and I have done with my money to increase my happiness. I can have more time off work to spend with friends and family. I can buy a great book to read. I can take my friends out for dinner. And all of those mm. things add to my happiness levels. Mm. So you need to kind of discover that for it's, yourself as yeah, well. And discovering what's important to you. And I think that's a big thing theme throughout the book is trying to go, well, what are my priorities? Because if you don't know what is important to you, then you really don't know where to spend your time and money in ways that increase your happiness. So it's taking some time this month to really reflect, well, looking across 2023, if I look at my spending and I look at my calendar and where I spent my time and money, what things added the most value to my life, what things took away from that? And then you can start to use that as a tool to think about, well, how do I want to spend my time and money in the year ahead? What are some small shifts I can make? And maybe the most happiest I was was going for a big family dinner. And that doesn't have to cost a lot of money, but it shows you that maybe you do really value your relationships and you want to spend more time that way. And mm. thinking the year ahead, well, how can I book some more of those experiences in my calendar so I can look forward to them? I can spend more time with the people I love. It's really interesting, isn't it, um, that you bring up the calendar as well, because we're spending our time there as well as spending our money. And I always often think like, even if I had more money, I don't know what I would do differently. Like I would, maybe I'd have the ability to just jump on a plane and go to Monaco and that sort of stuff. But I don't know if that would by itself bring me any extra happiness. Maybe there's some novelty, which we'll get to. But it's like, I think people, like you said, just don't know what brings them happiness. So doing that activity, I think you covered that in chapter three or four of the book from memory, um, where you can actually sit down and you can reflect on that. Uh, and how you can identify which things day to day bring you more happiness. Um, so you've got five things that you wanted to share with us, five ways that people could effectively buy some joy or buy some happiness or just kind of move towards that. Uh, and each of them are very different. So I'm keen to get your take on all of them, obviously, but then also like some strategies that people could pursue in their own time. So some like action points that Anyone listening to this in the month of January or February, if you're listening to it back, what are the things you can do as a result of listening to this episode? So the first thing you've got here is experiences over things. Now, a lot of people do talk about this, spend on experiences, not on things. Can you elaborate on that? I think we all know this deep down that we get a lot more value from an experience over just buying another top or something mm. like that. But we don't usually think about why. And there's a few different elements there. Firstly, there's 
booking in that experience and also doing it with someone else. So it brings in that relationship piece because there's a lot of research that really shows that it's the quality of our relationships that really adds a lot of value and happiness to our lives long-term. So having an experience with someone else, and then you get the other, the flip side where you get to think about that experience long-term. I Anyone listening can think about a holiday that they've had with their friends and family a few years ago, and they can think about the memories and talk about it. And they go, well, that was a really great time. I would love to do that again. I had a fabulous time. I remember going to this beach or going to that fabulous restaurant or walking up the Eiffel Tower. You get to remember all those experiences as well. So it's not only just doing the thing, it's all the associated memories that come around that. And one way that you can try and implement that into your life is thinking, well, how can I add some more experiences this year? And it might be booking in a recurring coffee catch up with a friend, or it might be thinking, well, how can we do some activities together and going, well, for people's gifts this year, I'm going to book in activities that we can do together, like a pottery class or going rock climbing or something like that. Mm, Both of those things sound dangerous for me to do with you. Um, But I see what you're saying. So you can take something that you might have budgeted for or not, let's be honest, um, say like $100 you might have got for a present for someone, you might just get a gift card. Instead of getting it to like Bunnings, which would be cool, by the way, thank you very much, um, you might do it for, say, like Red Balloon or you mm. might want to get like a winery cheese and you know, crackers type yeah. situation. Or you might take them out or do something together, go on a day trip together. Yeah, and so you can actually prompt the experience over the thing. And I've got a lot of experience with this recently um, with things that I've purchased, which I'd saved up for that didn't bring me nearly as much happiness as I thought, like things. Um, Because I was like, I was really looking forward to this. And I was like, actually, you know what? It's not that enjoyable. Um, So the second thing, which I alluded to earlier on, which is adding some novelty to your life. So can you explain this one? Because this is probably one that people haven't heard and don't understand how this reconciles with happiness. We can get really caught up in our daily routines. We get up, we do the same thing, we get on the train, we go to work and days can blend together. But one way to change things up a little bit and give us a happiness burst is to do something that our brains aren't used to. So if you just go for the same coffee shop every morning, well, why don't you change it up and go somewhere new that you've never tried before? You get a whole, you're still doing a similar thing, but you're getting a whole new experience. You're doing the research and looking at the Google reviews, you're trying a new shop, you're getting to talk to different people. So adding novelty instead of just doing the same thing, breaking your brain out of that sort of routine pattern and doing something different. And another fun idea is to surprise a friend. And you could alternate that each month that one Saturday a month, one of you organizes an activity for the two of you together and you don't tell the other person. Mm. And so maybe you go on a surprise day trip to, to Dalesford uh, or someone organises a, um, a mystery flight or a something. mystery flight. Yeah. They don't have to be expensive things, but it's more unexpected. And so you break your brain out of that routine pattern um, and also just things where it's uncertain. So you're not really sure what the activity is. Like maybe mm. it's a mystery picnic. I love that idea because a lot of people fall into the same routine. Now, I'm a sucker for picking the same coffee shop every day. Uh, But Sophie, who used to work with us back in the day, Sophie, if you're listening, um, she would always be wanting to try somewhere new at the expense of something 
that she knew was good. And I always thought that, I was like always along the lines of, but I know this coffee's so good. Why would I go and try that one? Um, but I think there's a blend of the two, right? Mm. You need a bit of, I know this is what I like and I'm looking forward to it um, versus this is something that's completely unique to me. And I remember my parents always saying that back in the day that, the thing that they always remember were those mystery flights that you used to get because that's when you could get like the super cheap seats. You didn't know where you were going. I think one day they got to go to Airlie Beach, which for those of you that haven't been there, it's just you know, unbelievable. Um, but they wouldn't be able to afford it otherwise. And so that's why I brought the mystery flights yeah. thing because it was totally new and it was random and it was fun. Yeah. And we adapt so quickly to our income levels, our lifestyle, our career, things like that. So how can you add some more challenge and different things in the year ahead? And I think a good challenge would just be to think about, well, is there any way I can add some sort of novelty, some su surprise, some uncertainty into the things I do with my friends and family this year? Can I mm -hmm. take on a new challenge? Can I book an activity where I'm not really sure what it's going to be like? I don't know anyone, but it's going to be a fun experience and I'll get to do completely new things. You did that a couple of years ago when you started improv. Yeah. I, I remember you were kind of like, not petrified, but you were pretty like intimidated by the idea of standing up there in front of everyone and just being completely random. I had uh, no idea what to expect. Yeah. I didn't know anyone and it was a really good experience because you don't get to be playful and silly that often as an adult. So sometimes maybe just signing up for the class and doing it. Yeah. I um, I love that feature on Google Maps. If anyone uses Google Maps, which I'm sure most of you do, where you can look at a map, you don't have to click on anything. And it has like the little bubble that appears and it shows you like there's an landmark here or something mm. and you can click on it and you can see like little landmarks in your city if you haven't already done this go to google and just zoom in on your city or your area and see wait for these one of these bubbles to appear like a little icon and it will show you a popular landmark or attraction and you can just see if you haven't been to it there's like 10 things in melbourne that i hadn't seen and i was like oh well, i could go just do that it's a day trip it's free yeah. be a tourist in your own city and go out and see things and do things i didn't know in victoria um, there's a gigantic Buddhist temple retreat over on the other side of Melbourne. Monique's giving us the thumbs up. I know because I later saw it on Monique's feed. I was like, I only found that through Google. I was like, that's really interesting. So something completely different that might prompt you to go and try something. Cool. Yeah. Routine's good, but sometimes it's good to add a bit of novelty and mix things up. Speaking of, the next thing is anticipating the future. I'm just going to leave this to you. What is, it seems to, like it makes sense. How do you do this in practice? Firstly, you want to go to Europe. Okay. No, okay. kidding. Europe's good, but. <laughs> it's a good example. So thinking about what you've got coming up for the year ahead. And one of the challenges I was telling a friend the other day was, well, looking at your calendar, there's not much in it for 2024 right now. Can you just put five things in for the year? Mm. And that might be sending save the dates out for a dinner party for your birthday in a few months' time. It might be booking a pottery class with a friend in six months' time. It might be locking in a monthly dinner with your family that you alternate hosting. But just making sure you've got things in your calendar that you can anticipate because we get a huge happiness boost from thinking about the experience. And many of us are probably familiar with that when it comes to travel. We've booked mm. a trip and then we get to think about it and we get to go, oh, well, these are the places I'm going to stay. And then we talk to our friends about it. We talk to our colleagues at the office and they go, oh, I've been to France once. This was a really cool city to visit. Oh, and that bakery. And then you slowly start to form your trip and you really get to think and anticipate the experience, which gives you a big happiness boost. Then 
you get the experience, which hopefully lives up mm. to the anticipation. I mean, I went to have cheese fondue last year and I spent so long anticipating it. The actual experience was a bit of a letdown. So sometimes it, things aren't as good as the anticipation, but then you get to experience that memory for many years to come. So mm. thinking about, well, how can I add a little bit more time between now and the activity? And what can I put in my calendar for the year ahead? I remember recently, like we often talk about journaling and keeping the journal beside your bed. You don't have to write like a full novel in there. It's one of the misconceptions. You can just literally put two sentences or a dot point. And if you just get the habit, you'll love and thank us for it another time. Um, but I remember I used to do this a lot and I haven't done it as much recently, but I was at a friend's wedding on the weekend, a really close friend. So it was really special to me. And I was thinking to myself as the day was unfolding, I need to stop thinking about all these other things I got to do to help him out and do all this and just enjoy the moment. And one of the things that I was really frustrated with myself was the day before I didn't journal and say like, what am I looking forward to tomorrow? Cause that's what I normally do. I reflect on what happened that day and then put three dot points down for the next day. And I wish I'd done that because it would have made me think forward to the day and where we would be and what we'd be thinking about. Because when that moment eventually arrived, I would have been able to say, this is the bit that I was looking forward to. This is the bit that I really was you know, appreciative of and applied gratitude in advance. And I think the more people can do that, the better. Yeah. I, I think the, the only trap is getting stuck living in the future and not actually being in the moment because your life's passing you by right now. So if you're not mm. fully present in the moments you're spending with friends and family right now, you're you're losing that opportunity. So yes, we want to anticipate things in the future. We want to be putting things in place so we're saving and investing and giving future us more choices as well. But we also really want to be enjoying this current moment that we have. So that's something to think about. We do want to be anticipating experiences and thinking about how we can do things with friends and family this year. But we also want to think about, well, how can I be more grounded in this moment. And so if I'm spending the summer holidays and going for a weekend trip with my partner, well, how can I be there in that moment? Yeah, I really like that. The next thing is invest time in your relationships. Time, energy. Tell us about it. This was something that really stuck out to me when I was reading and researching for the book. It was the Harvard Adult Development Study that's been running for over 80 years. And what they found looking at over a thousand people and their children and their grandchildren was the biggest determiner of people's health and well-being long-term when they got to 80, 90 years old was their quality of their relationships throughout mm. their life. And often we forget when we're setting all these goals for our career and our finances that relationships are important to invest our time into as well. And sometimes a bit of money, but mostly it's it's about time. And how can we really put time into developing our relationships with our friends and family now and also adding new friends? Because that's something that I've been doing over the last few mm. years. As an adult, it's a little bit harder to make friends and you do have to go the extra. You don't get serve friends on a platter like you do in high school. You have to make the effort to get involved in different activities and groups and put yourself out there and invite people over for dinner. But that's really important stuff long term that mm. we do put relationships higher up on our list of priorities because often they can fall to the bottom to our detriment long term. This is an interesting one because it's very different to the others. Like the others are very kind of like inward looking where this is starting to look outward to say, well, how do I get more from something else outside of me, which is like another person or persons in your life? And a lot of people do think that it's actually 
they probably do treat it like an investment. Like I have to call my mom, sorry, mom, or like I have to go and catch up with such and such, or it's a family, you know, get together this weekend. I'm just so buggered. I can't be bothered. Yeah. And it's, I think the thing is sometimes we can just go to the, the big things like the, the birthdays and the Christmases, but often the things that we really remember long-term where people showed up for us in the harder moments as well. And maybe it was driving us home from hospital or bringing us something when we were sick or just taking time to go for a walk with us or give us a phone call when we're having a tough time. And that's something you can think about vice versa or how are you showing up for your friends, family, loved ones in their tough moments as well, not just for those highlight moments. Yeah. I think that's what you find as you get older, isn't it? That, um, like the old saying is you kind of, you prune as you get older, you kind of like if you're a rose and you've pruned the things around you and you just focus on the few things that matter uh, and the few friends and family members that matter, um, it, when earlier in life we seek abundance and acceptance, older in life you become a bit more like, well, I've been through the, the ringer with this person. They've been there to support me. They've stood the test of time. Um, and I can definitely relate to that. Like I can relate to friends and family who were always there and always have been. But I think the thing that we take for granted is that we assume people would be there when we haven't invested in the relationship enough. Um, So when that time comes, you want to make sure that they are indeed there. And the way you do that is you do take time. And that's, yeah, that's why it is important to think about how you use your time as an asset as well, because this is something Mm. it doesn't cost lots of money. Maybe you're just having your mum over for a cup of tea, but it's that time and that effort and that intention there that's really important because you can get super busy at work and miss one family gathering and, oh, that's okay. But if you keep missing those important moments, that does have an impact long-term. For sure. The fifth and final one is completely different. So if we're thinking about buying happiness, Kate Campbell, we wouldn't be thinking of giving our money away as a good way to buy happiness. It seems like the opposite of what we would want to be doing. Explain this one. Explain yourself. (laughs) Well, research actually shows that if we give some money away, and that might look like sending $10 to the Smith family or buying a poppy for Remembrance Day or just donating $5 to a busker on the street, that actually increases our happiness levels as well, which is surprising because you're parting with resources, but it also works with time. So we might go and help a friend build Ikea furniture or move house. Many of us have had that experience. The Ikea furniture doesn't work for me personally because I do not enjoy the process, but things like that where maybe you take a friend a meal or you help them out with something. If we can give some of our time and our money away to our friends, family, charities, and we know where it's going, that's another thing, like knowing the end result of the resources you're parting with, that actually gives us a big happiness boost. And so when you're thinking about, well, how am I using my time and money this year? Do you have some space in your budget to put some money aside for donating. And it doesn't have to be tens of thousands of dollars. You don't need to be a philanthropist to get this benefit. It might just be $50 a month and you could automate this. To me, it feels a bit more meaningful doing it as one-off things. So what I do is I automate money going into a separate bank account. So like say $100 a month goes Mm -hmm. into a bank account. And then when I'm ready, I put that money into specific causes that I care about. But you could automate it. I know you have an automated monthly charity donation. Yeah. So I do donate to Berry Street, uh, a small amount. That's uh, a lot smaller than the other money that I give back. Um, But 
the thing for me is that I've got to see where the money goes. Mm. That's one of the big things. We, I, that said, Barry Street, I don't need you to keep calling me. I'll still donate even if you stop <laughs> calling. Uh, thank you. Love you guys. Um, but is that important? Like do people need to make an intentional donation? I think so. Some of the other research was saying that it does matter that you know how the organization's using your money. And I think that's why a lot of charities, they'll send you out flyers and say, you helped Eloise from yep. X country go to school this year and I'll paint the picture for you so you can get some emotional attachment to where your money's going. And that's why a lot of organizations, you get to support an individual child or a family or you get to buy a sheep in quotation marks and the money's going to land care or working with animals in that mm. community. So I think if you can give money directly in your community, like a lot of us have community organizations that are helping feed people or take people to appointments and things like that, that could be one way. And that's also why a lot of people like volunteering as well, mm. because you get to see the direct impact of what you do with your time. And I think that's a really good way to give back and get that happiness boost as well and be part of your community. If maybe you don't have the financial resources, you may have the time resources. It's interesting because a lot of people that don't have endless amounts of money spend the most time giving back, right? Mm. It doesn't really matter. And you think about the, the red chloris, when you donate blood, they tell you if the blood was used and mm. where it ends up. So that makes you feel that connection and that your your donation was actually used and was valued. Giving blood during COVID was like one of the best escapes from lockdown, I've got to say. Um, really good use of time. Even now, though, if you want to, if you want to go and give blood, it's so easy. They're so nice. Um, I need to do it more often. Mm. Um, and but, you can download the app. And Life this blood is something app. that maybe you can book now. It's January. Yeah, okay. Maybe you can book the next three appointments in. All right. I tell you what. Before we walk out of the studio, I'll book one in. Okay. There All you right, go. And deal. I think that's that's the thing. Get out your calendar now. Uh, get out your budget, get out your financial plan for the year and go, well, I want to allocate intentionally $100 a month to giving back to other people. Even if I don't know exactly who I'm giving it to right now, I'm going to make space in my budget for that. I'm going to put something in my calendar. I'm going to contact this organization. Maybe it's the food bank or something like that and just say, I'd like to volunteer and help out this year and block it in. Or maybe it's just grabbing groceries for a a neighbor that's unable to do it themselves, but put it in. A lot of us want to do that, but then life happens and things get busy and we forget or we run out of time. So how can you plan this ahead for the year? I like it. I'm actually just looking at- You're booking at, it right now, are you? I'm booking it right now. <laughs> um, so you can download the Life, I think it's the Lifeblood app or just go to the Lifeblood website and you can donate somewhere near you. You know, bit of a cheese and cracker afterwards if I do so, maybe a chocolate milk. You love a snack. I do. Um, but uh, that's a really good way to give something that saves lives. It doesn't cost you a lot other than just a few minutes of your time. Um, so let's just recap these five things that you've given us. Five ways to buy happiness, experiences over things. So think about something in your calendar right now that you can set as an experience for the year, maybe instead of a present for someone, let's book something in now. I think that's a really good way to do it. And I've tried to do that for people's birthdays of joint experiences. You did get me some chocolate cake for Christmas. So I don't know what that says, but um, add some novelty to your life, which is like, try something unexpected, get a little bit creative, um, anticipate the future. So I know you love it when I use this line of you draw it tastes better um, as she rolls her eyes. Um, but it's the idea of, you know, just 
setting something that you're going to be paying gratitude for. Like, I'm very lucky and I'm looking forward to X, Y, and Z. Yeah. If there's a restaurant you've wanted to go to for ages, well, can you book it in? Yeah. Anticipation is often better than reality sometimes, as you said, but not always. Like, both of them work hand in hand. Invest time in your relationships because it does cost time. That's what it costs. Uh, Sometimes it costs money if you want to go to a very nice restaurant. Uh, But for the most part, you can spend time with your parents or your family and you know, put a smile on each other's dial, pretty low cost. Uh, and finally, give your money away. Give your money away. No, and your time. And your time or your blood. Um, give something away and it'll make you feel better. I guess your blood's another resource, but I, I don't talk about it in the book, but uh, it's a resource <laughs> you've got. Probably would have taken a turn, but yes. I think it's great. You can get involved in all these different things, um, local community shelters, uh, food banks, all of these types of things need support. Vinnies, you know, all of those kind of places as well love the support, particularly from younger people. Um, I don't just leave it to the older people to go and do it. You can do it when you're young as well, get some friends together. I know like, for example, I'll give you an example with the the lifeblood thing. Um, When I was there for the first time, there was like six or seven young ladies there, like in their 20s. And it's the only way that they could get out of lockdown. But they all figured out that if they went and gave blood, they could all meet up there like every couple of months <laughs> and they could all catch up and it'd just be like going to get a coffee with each other. They could do their blood and then just have their, you know, their biscuits and stuff afterwards. And it was a good excuse. Yeah. Well, there you, you know, go. Do it with a friend. That's experience, relationships, and giving back all in one. So all it's in one. Dunk. So as you look forward to the year ahead, thinking about how can you use your money and your time just a little bit more intentionally on things that add value to your life. Yep. And if you haven't already picked up a copy of Kate's book, Buying Happiness, it's out now. Um, I think it was chapter three where you break down what people can go through uh, to kind of realize what brings them happiness and how they can rearrange. The whole book's wonderful. Go and check it out, Buying Happiness. Kate Campbell, author, thanks for joining me on this summer series episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. We hope you learned something new and were able to take one thing away from this episode. If you're keen to learn more, head on over to Rask Education and take one of our free money and investing courses. You could even become a Rask Core member for less than your Netflix subscription each month. And don't forget to subscribe for new episodes in your inbox every week. Plus, if you enjoyed the show, we'd love you to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and send any questions our way via the link in the description. And before we go on, did this podcast contain personal financial advice just for me? Absolutely not, Kate. Our podcast actually contains general financial information only. What that means is the information does not take into account your financial needs, goals, objectives, or even your situation. So because of that, it's important that you consider if the information is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on it. If that all sounds a bit confusing or you're still working out what your needs are, it's a great idea to consult a licensed and trusted financial planner. And don't forget to do your own research. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no-obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107.
For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says Invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.